0: I'm Hemant Mehta, and I'm flying solo today, and you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. You can now listen to all of our episodes and see show notes at FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. And by the way, we now have merchandise shop on the website, so if you want your podcast swag, and you know you do, go to our website and click on the Store tab. Liz Liddell is the executive director of the Reason Rally Coalition. Uh, Before that, she worked with the Secular Student Alliance and played a large role in the Openly Secular campaign, which got celebrities like Bill Maher, Arian Foster, and Barney Frank to talk about how they're not religious and encouraged other people to join them. She's still working with the Openly Secular uh, campaign. Liz, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Emmett.
0: Sure. So you took over the Reason Rally uh, coalition relatively recently. Can you just tell people, you know, what was the reason for that change and how did you end up uh, getting in this position?
1: Sure. So I started working as the executive director for the Reason Rally in December of 2015, so just about two months ago. And the reason for that change came about largely because we had realized as an organization that expecting someone to serve in a volunteer capacity and organize an event of this scale simply wasn't realistic. It's not something that we could ask someone to do and expect the level of uh, effectiveness and professionalism that we really need to have in the Reason Rally. And so as we were uh, looking through the organization of the organization and uh, figuring out who we needed to have in, in key positions, we really decided that we needed a paid staffer that the organization could hold accountable and who could really dedicate 100% of their time to making the reason why the very best it can possibly be. Uh, I happened to be in a position in my career where I had been building up to take on a leadership role. Um, and, and so the timing just worked out really well that I was able to um, put myself out for that position. And it's turned out to be a pretty good fit
0: so far. So we'll get back to the specifics of the Reason Rally, but just for people who may not be familiar with you, you were working with the Secular Student Alliance. Is that correct, before you stepped into this role, or had you already left with them and worked on the Openly Secular campaign?
1: I did transition directly from my work at the Secular Student Alliance to the Reason Rally. Uh, I had been involved with the Secular Student Alliance um, for most of my activist career, first as a volunteer uh, and then as a staffer for over seven years. And uh, the Secularism Alliance has made a couple of changes to its organization. Um, we've got great leadership within that organization, and I'm really, really proud to have been a part of it. Uh, the timing worked out well for both organizations for me to sort of step over and take this one on.
0: And so uh, here, I'm just curious from a personal standpoint, the Reason Rally is going to end in June. I mean, it's going to happen, and then it'll be over. So what do you do after that?
1: I'm going to sleep for a month. <laughs> Uh, But after that, I do have uh, an opportunity lined up with me. I will be staying in the secular community. Um, I'm just not quite in a position where I can announce what I'll be doing
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. Okay, so uh, one of the things that happened because uh, the Reason Rally Coalition had this change in leadership and and you started taking over is that we haven't heard a lot of information about it. We, there was kind of this initial flow of a handful of speakers and then, like, no news for a long time. So what can you tell us now about what's happening with this Reason Rally?
1: Sure. So a lot of the planning of an event like the Reason Rally uh, is— is the kind of thing that I really enjoy and nobody else in their right mind finds exciting. Um, (laughs) It's a lot of behind-the-scenes planning uh, and a lot of infrastructure building. And so the things we've been working on um, since, uh, really since before I even came into this uh, position as a staffer has been that infrastructure building. We've been doing things like um, getting a PR firm that's going to be a good fit for our organization and help us spread the message, Um, getting an event producer in place so that we can have... Uh, sourcing our vendors and making sure that we are doing everything in compliance with the National Park Service. Um, getting our sponsorship packages together so that we can bring in, um, not only the nonprofit sponsors that we, uh, that we're working with that the coalition is formed from, but also corporate sponsors so that we can, uh, bring into the secular community some names and some recognition that we haven't
0: had before. So even though you only have a few months to go before the event happens, you're putting things in place that at least hopefully will be able to get the message out way more than, you know, if we had the full rollout a couple months ago and people just kind of trickling in with the interest.
1: Right. That's exactly right. Um, It would be it's sort of, you know, there's two big pieces that that go on for this. Uh, We need to obviously be talking about this publicly, announcing speakers uh, and, and getting people excited about it. And to do that, we have to have, you know, speakers and, and, and events and, and things lined up to talk about, but we also have to have the uh, functionality in place to talk about them. And uh, we could have all the speakers in the world, but if we didn't have good systems in place to make this event happen and to make, uh, the, to help people become aware of it and, and to really know what's going on, uh, it wouldn't matter if we had the best speakers in the world. Um, and and obviously the other way doesn't work either uh, If we have great infrastructure but but no speakers lined up that's not going to do us a whole lot of good either uh, what i'm very excited to say though is that we have both uh, we've been working very hard to put our infrastructure in place and uh and we have been reaching out to really really incredible speakers um and and here's what's happening with that there's a really really cool thing happening uh, in my experience as openly secular one of the biggest challenges we had in reaching out to celebrities is that we weren't being taken seriously. And the secular community as a whole has sort of been uh, like atheists and agnostics all over the country, invisible, marginalized, sidelined. Uh, we would reach out to someone and we would just get ignored. Um, our inquiries for the Reason Rally are not being ignored. We have had some people tell us no, but we've also come back some let's talk responses and we're starting to get yes responses. And the fact that we are not being ignored in this outreach is really, really a huge step forward. Uh, so there are some speakers that I can talk about uh, here today um, that, that we've already got commitments from, and I can assure you that they are just the first in a whole line of speakers that are going to knock people's socks off.
0: Okay, so before you announce uh, who else you have lined up, why don't you tell us who was already on board from the get-go?
1: So we have uh, put together sort of our, our early commitment. Um, The people who are well-known in the secular community, um, who are going to be popular with people, um, they have a track record of being involved. So we're talking about people like Richard Dawkins. We have James Randi. We also have some newer names and some names that are uh, exciting to a little bit of a different audience. Uh, We have brought on Eugenie Scott, the former director for the National Center for Science Education. Uh, We have brought on uh, the Science Babe. Uh, to address uh, a lot of common concerns about pseudoscience, and uh, we have Tara Santa Maria, uh, who recently spoke at the American Atheists convention and was very, very well received there.
0: Okay, so those are the names we already knew about—really good people to have on board. Any sort of reason, anything. Okay, so who else you got now that is saying yes?
1: So I'm going to give you three names right now that I can absolutely say we can talk about publicly. Okay. Um, one of the first one is uh, ex-Muslim activist Mariam Namazi. Fantastic. Uh, she's a British and uh, Iranian activist who's done a lot of really fantastic work in uh, in human rights advocacy from a secular perspective.
0: And she's gotten a lot of pushback, too, because when she speaks at colleges, a lot of students don't want her to talk. Uh, they're They're opposing her.
1: That's that's exactly right. But We are delighted to have her on board. Uh, we think she speaks very clearly to a lot of our issues. What she's saying is important, uh, and, and she's going to bring a, a, a really good perspective to the Reason Rally of that focus on human rights and the social justice work that we need to
0: be doing. Fantastic. Okay.
1: Uh, the other one that I just got confirmed today is Carolyn Porco. She's the leader of the imaging science team on the Cassini mission, studying uh, Saturn's rings and moons. So So, you've seen some of the fantastic imagery coming out uh, about Saturn, or if you remember a couple of years ago when the entire Earth smiled because we were having our picture taken, she's (laughs) the leader of that team. Uh, She's a fantastic advocate for science education, um, and, and just for exploration and expanding our knowledge. And she's very excited to be part of the Reason Rally.
0: I, I have heard her speak before, and I'm telling you, I hear a lot of speeches. I don't get excited about very many of them, but my jaw dropped when I listened to her talk about what she was learning about Saturn and the possibilities it held in store. Uh, science advocacy, she is second to none. So that I love that. That's awesome.
1: Uh, It's one of my favorite speakers. I've been uh, waiting on the edge of my seat for that confirmation to come in. Um, So then one of the other areas we're also trying to uh, expand our lineup a little bit is, uh, I mean, we've got great, great speakers, but we also want to have some entertainment. This is going to be a celebration, so we want to have performers and entertainers who are going to make this fun. Uh, We've got uh, a couple of names that are in the works. uh, And again, I just had another one confirmed this that I'm very excited to announce. We will be hosting Killer Priest, American rapper and member of the Wu-Tang clan <laughs> at the Reason
0: Rally in June. So basically someone who very much is is fitting in with the typical atheist crowd. So a former it's so a be a Wu-Tang bit clan out of the member. Box. That's yeah. exactly right. That's fantastic. And how how does that fit? Is he what's he gonna be doing for the Reason Rally? He's
1: gonna be performing for
0: us. Fantastic. Okay, so is this if you're if I'm listening to all these names, uh they're not all outspoken atheists per se. I mean, they may be atheists, but they're not known for their atheism. Some of them are known for their science. Some of them are known uh, for just completely different reasons from that. So I guess, what is the Reason Rally then? Who, Which crowd are you trying to attract?
1: Well, we are in a great position with the Reason Rally in that uh, and, and that we are the radical reason. And our, our goal in bringing people to Washington, D.C. on June 4th it is to stand up for reason. And we recognize and celebrate and embrace the fact that our demographic group is the non religious segment of the United States. But our goal is not just to say, hey, yay, we're atheists, uh, but to say, to really follow up with, and here's what we want. Uh, because, because here's the deal. Um, we are, we, as as I think a group of people, um, particularly the non-religious demographic group is if, if I can, if I can speak on behalf of a lot of people, we're kind of fed up with the extent to which, uh, are the, leadership of the American nation has gone off the rails. Uh, there is a lot of ridiculous, ridiculous stuff going on. I just saw uh, a note that the U S Senate voted 50 to 49, that climate change is not created by humans. Mm-hmm. This is the leadership of our country. This is ridiculous. And our goal in holding the Reason Rally is to stand up and build on the progress we made in 2012. Uh, in 2012, we came together and we said, hey, here we are. We're 30,000 atheists, free thinkers, humanists, agnostic, non-religious Americans. Notice us. Pay attention to us. And We, we got noticed. Uh, In 2016, our goal is to come back and say, hey, now that you're listening to us, here's what we have to say. Bring reason back into our public decision making. Uh, Bring reason back into the polling places, into our presidential elections, uh, into our Senate and congressional elections. We're going to be engaging in lobbying. We're going to be helping people take these lessons back with them to their hometowns so that they can keep pushing for reason, not just on June 4th, but through the entire rest of the election cycle and beyond. We really, really want to speak up for reason, and that's cool.
0: So let me ask you some, some pointed questions here, which is that uh, you may hear from atheists who say, I represent reason as well, or I have logic and evidence that supports my opinion. But, I mean, I've, I've talked to people on this podcast who were, for example, pro-life atheists, and they will say they have logic and reason on their side, but obviously they're in the minority. So what's the deciding line between what constitutes something that's reasonable and something that you're saying, no, you don't get a place on this stage? Because somewhere there's got to be a line that's drawn.
1: That is a great question. Uh, and we're taking two approaches to that. Uh, one of them is that we want to have reason based decision making represented in our national leadership. And so rather than any particular position, um, and certainly rather than any particular candidate, because we're a in c 3 and we can't take sides in, in elections, um, we want a our decision makers and our policy makers looking to science and reason and evidence when they are making those decisions. And we may look at science and evidence and draw different conclusions uh, in, in, in the world of science. That usually means we go back and we do some more studies and keep working on it. Uh, but we want to see that process happening rather than people, um, you know, working in, in, in divisionist techniques or, Uh, You know, throwing reason to the wind in in the interests of, you know, witch hunts or, uh, you know, some of the other absolutely ridiculous things that are going on in the halls of Congress right now.
0: How do you make sure that there are a lot of things going on in the country right now that we could say— this cause, whether it's Black Lives Matter or gun control issues, things like that, that we could say, look, if you apply reason and evidence to this thing, you understand that we should change the policies. Um, but. I'm guessing that those things are not going to be represented on stage because that's not directly connected to atheism, maybe. So I guess the question is, how do you balance all these different agendas that might say, no, look, I love reason, and that's why I want to address this agenda of mine? How do you balance all of that?
1: So actually, I think you just described it really effectively right there. Uh, All of the things that you just listed as as examples, whether that's Black Lives Matter— whether that is um, access to health care or women's access to reproductive rights, uh, these are all things where we should be applying reason and evidence to make decisions. And in the efforts of message clear and, and insisting that our leaders use that evidence and that reason-based decision-making in their policy policymaking, uh, these are the issues to which that will be um, you know when we're talking about climate change when we're talking about black lives matter when we're talking about reproductive justice, you know we those are all in, where we really really need to be making sure we're making reason-based decisions. Uh, let's talk about sex ed uh, you know we really need to be looking at what the science and the evidence says and getting rid of abstinence only sex education one example of many and I think you will hear, from the stage at the Reason Rally, a lot of references to these issues as issues that are important, as issues that we can and should be using uh, evidence-based decision-making to 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 decide which direction we're going to go on. Uh, they're not going to be the focus of the rallies, but They're definitely going to be present.
0: How will you know, then, if the Reason Rally is a success? What's the uh, gauge you're using to measure whether this was effective or not?
1: We have a couple of metrics that we're looking at. One of the easiest, of course, being how many people turn up at the Lincoln Memorial on June 4th. Uh, You know, if we turn up with 10,000 people, eh, probably not really what we're going for. Uh, But if we turn out with 50,000, then yeah, we're going to consider that a a really, really good success. We'll also be looking beyond that. We'll be looking to see things such as the polling happens uh, through the rest of the election cycle. Are the nuns and are the non-religious Americans being counted uh, as a as an important demographic group? Are people paying attention to us? Uh, are we seeing um, non-religious candidates running for office? Are we seeing candidates for office reaching out to the non-religious community and addressing our needs and carrying these uh, you know the, the 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 requests and requirements we have forward. Um, you know, if, if they are, then that's success. If you know, if we continue to be marginalized and sidelined, um, that's that's what we're trying to overcome.
0: So you're not saying that a certain political outcome, oh, this person got voted president, that's how we know we did something good here, uh, or even necessarily a certain issue. It's just a a. a collection of these various ideas that okay this is one way to measure that we did something right here
1: that's exactly right um i I mean again we we can't endorse any political party or candidate uh so while i i certainly have my opinions about who i would like to see in the white house uh as an organization we can't really make any statement on that matter um But you know, for example, if the the new Senate gets into office in twenty seventeen and then immediately votes again to deny climate change happening, that's going to be that's 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 not going to be in our favor. But if they overturn that, or if they start to decrease the funding for abstinence only sex education and start funding you know real evidence based programs, that's a victory.
0: So I know I'm sure a lot of people who come to the twenty sixteen Reason Rally. Uh, this is their. This is going to be their first time when they are just surrounded by atheists, non-religious people everywhere you look. And I know for the 2012 Reason Rally, I met so many people who said that was the first time that it ever happened in their lives. And it was life-changing for them that, to realize they weren't alone. I wonder, because this Reason Rally, the 2016 one, is happening only a few years later, you're going to have a lot of repeat customers. You're going to have a lot of people who had that, big moment in 2012, what do you hope they get out of this in 2016?
1: Well, we need to exceed their expectations. We need to make the 2016 reason rally such that uh, if you were there in 2012 and you said this was a life-changing event, I never knew it would be like this, that you come back in 2016 and not only do you get a similarly affirming experience, but that you also are getting something more than you did in 2012, whether that's a speaker that you didn't, uh, that weren't expecting, uh, where you got to see a celebrity that you never knew was non religious, uh, or whether you got to participate in an event that you didn't get to take part in in 2012. That's the kind of experience we're trying to provide, it's a very high bar.
0: And what do you what are you learning behind the scenes? Because you're seeing not just the public rollout of this. What are you learning in this capacity as the director of this rally that maybe the rest of us just have no ideas going on?
1: You know, I learn new stuff every day in this job, usually several times a day. Uh, there is so much that goes on. To organize an event like this, whether it's the extremely strict guidelines that the National Park Service has for holding an event like this on the National Mall, uh, or things like how many Portajons you need for every ten thousand people, <laughs> um, you know, there there are a lot of just little logistical finicky details, um, you know, that, that you never would have thought about until you sit down and you say, okay, I guess I guess we do need to provide porta Huh, I wonder how many. Um, mm-hmm. and and so it it, it really you know from, and from that to things like um the the requirements for uh, getting a, a high profile celebrity from their home in you know the LA area of California to Washington DC what kind of a hotel do they need um you know what kind of limousine do you need to provide to get them from the airport to the hotel to the event um and and how do you make that all happen it's it's a it's a There's a huge amount of just moving parts behind the scenes that nobody, if I'm doing my job right, nobody ever actually sees.
0: How many people are working with you, even in a voluntary capacity? Like you said, you're the only paid staff, so how many volunteer staff do you have?
1: Well, uh, let me start with my board of directors. I have 14 people on the board of directors for the Reason Rally, and they are fantastic volunteers. They've been in this for the long haul. Uh, and then I probably I have dozens of volunteers working with me right now uh, in, in everything from um, website admin work to helping wrangle volunteers to social media work. Uh, and then we're also recruiting volunteers for the event itself. We're looking at having a volunteer team of about 150 people uh, through the course of the Thursday through Sunday of the Reason Rally and the surrounding event. Um, so if you are interested in helping out, Uh, There's a form on the Reason Rally website, reasonrally.org, where you can sign up to be a volunteer, Uh, whether that's anything from super specialized work like photography or videography to you're just a warm body who wants to help walk people from one place to another. uh, We can put you to work and we would be delighted to have you.
0: Is there any concern because at the 2012 rally, uh, there was rain? Uh, I don't think it dampered anyone from coming there, but maybe some people. And I just saw, I mean, this happened recently. They just had a March for Life in Washington, D.C. that they do every year. But because the blizzard hit, hit that coast, uh, I think the numbers were down like 90%. Is there anything you could do to, uh, I was going to say fix the weather, but is there anything you could do to help people deal with, oh, this may happen and how do you deal with that as an organizational side?
1: Sure. I, I wish we could control the weather, um, but we can't. Uh, one thing we can control and we have for this event uh, is we picked dates that are going to have a little bit better weather. Uh, you know, March was a little bit chilly, and, and, and as you said, it rained a lot. Um, and, and between the chilly weather and the rain, it was, it was a little uncomfortable. Uh, we can't say whether it will rain or not, uh, but June is definitely going to be warmer than March.
0: Um, So we're not worried about a blizzard.
1: Beyond that, we're just looking to make sure that we have um, the the correct facilities available and that we have the correct um, pieces in place so that if the weather does turn on us, we are still able to provide a really good experience. And so whether that's making sure we have sunscreen available uh, for for people to make sure they don't get sunburned out in the sun um, or having uh, ponchos available if it does rain, Um, You know, short of a tornado, and I don't think we'd be able to do much for a tornado. Um, (laughs) But making sure that we're making accommodations to make the experience fantastic no matter what happens.
0: I already asked you about, like, the competing agendas of people who want to get on stage. But one of the things you have to deal with when you're the director of a rally of this size is there will be people who are going to criticize pretty much everything you do from here on out, whether it's the speaker list, whether it's, uh, I don't know, the I didn't get to go to the bathroom because there wasn't one near me. How do you handle the criticism that's going to come from just being the manager of something like this?
1: that's a great question and and again you already answered it for me i'm going to get criticized for the decisions i make no matter what decisions i make there is no way that i can make everyone 100 percent happy with the reason rally uh and so once you sort of make that assumption uh then i need to just make the best decisions i can and the goal becomes rather than making sure everyone is happy with everything making sure that there's something for everyone uh, so that we have a, a diversity of speakers, so that anyone who comes to the Reason Rally will have at least one or two speakers that they really find compelling and that they identify with. Uh, that we have, um, you know, events and, and surrounding activities that appeal to people who just want to, you know, sit down and talk about philosophy the whole time, and people who are like, "Hey, I'm in DC. I want to do some sightseeing while I'm here." Uh, and making sure that we have an experience that really. Uh, appeals to just about anyone who comes so that we're providing something for everyone. And then as criticism comes in, uh, you know, if it's feedback that we need to respond to or that's, that's good input that we should be improving on, we work to improve. And and the criticism that, that is the sort of criticism that you're going to get no matter what, you just let it roll off your back.
0: Yeah, I don't think you have a choice. You just have to let it roll. Uh, You're one of the few people who's been working within this world of organized atheism for how long has it been now? Like a decade or so or maybe more? It's
1: been a little over a decade.
0: So what have you seen? I mean, I know we've had so much change in that past decade. What have you noticed that's going right? And do you see anything that, that you wish, oh, we should have fixed that a long time ago?
1: That's a great question. One of the things that I've really, really seen happen is uh, a growth in the secular community just across the board. uh, In terms of organizations uh, at the local level and just grassroots efforts, we have gone from being a very, very small slice of the population to a much, much larger percentage of the American people. And that's been really, really fantastic to see. And then along with that, we're seeing uh, an increase in the size and capacity of the national organizations that support that increased population. and with that growth, we're not just seeing a growth of the same organizations that we've always had, but we've seen fantastic new organizations come into existence to meet specific needs as our community diversifies. Uh, we're seeing organizations like Foundation Beyond Belief that's dedicated to charity and service work. We're seeing organizations, like recovering from religion, which are uh, working with a very specific demographic group of people at a very specific point in their lives. We see organizations working to reach specific subgroups, like secular women, like uh, Hispanic American freethinkers, like Black nonbelievers, uh, and 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 you know some people, especially the media, like to frame that as the schisms within atheism. But it's not. It's a, diver- it's a diversification, and it's a sign that we're growing and that we're big enough to be able to support these specific communities, and that's just fantastic.
0: And what would you like to see changed, or what do you see? Where do you see us heading down the wrong path, if there is any?
1: I, I think in the long run, we are at a very big shift where we've been focusing primarily on identity, uh, on-, on people who come forward and say, "I'm an atheist." uh and and okay all of the people say I'm an atheist come together and, and here's an organization that meets your needs. Uh, but we're seeing a shift from people who who are coming to us solely because they identify with that that particular label and people who are coming to us from a more values driven standpoint. And over the long run I see those values really driving where we go as a movement. Um, where we absolutely are a movement composed of atheists, agnostics, humanists, freethinkers, and many, many other non-religious individuals. But we're not here just because we happen to have those labels. We're here because those identities drive us to make change. They drive us to make our world a better place. And so I think we're going to start seeing a lot more action. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more values-driven organizations and a lot more values-driven issues and activities and programs as we move forward.
0: So you're saying voter registration drive at the Reason Rally?
1: Actually, yes, I am. Uh, We are working with Rock the Vote and the League of Women Voters uh, to have a whole bunch of voter registration. In addition to the advocacy days we've got coming before it, lobbying training and a lot of programming to help attendees learn how to take the enthusiasm and excitement that they have from Reason Rally back home with them and keep that momentum going.
0: Awesome. Well, if uh, As you guys announce these new speakers, new events, and how people can uh, participate in the activities before, during, and after the Reason Rally, all of that will be at the website, which is what again?
1: That's at reasonrally.org, and uh, we will be having uh, not just information about all of the events and activities that are going on. We're going to be adding new speakers as soon as we announce them, uh, so that will be constantly changing. And we also just announced uh, and released our merchandise store uh, so you can get your Reason Rally hoodies, T-shirts, hats, uh, and baby onesies so that you can show
0: up <laughs> to the Reason Rally in theme. I will be sure to get the onesie. Uh, thank you so much, Liz. And uh, we will uh, post this uh, very soon. Actually, let me redo that last part. Uh, thank you so much, Liz, for your time. And I look forward to uh, hearing what the Reason Rally comes uh, comes up with in the coming months. It's
1: been a pleasure to talk to you, Emmett, and I will see you at the Reason Rally.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois. The music was composed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at patreon.com slash Hemant. That's T. We appreciate your support. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at FriendlyAtheistPodcast at gmail.com. I'm Hemant Mehta, and I hope you'll join us next time.